Hey you. Yes, you. Are you looking for a new podcast that appeals to your scientific curiosity, but is also a little bit spooky? Show me how I died in a past life. Well, look no further, because this cat is where it's at. He had concerns about the ethics surrounding AI, feeling they had achieved consciousness. Curious Cat Podcast examines the shadowy space where science and the supernatural collide. Listen every week with your host, Jennifer Holtz, as she and her guests explore what it means to be a soul in a meat suit. We were healing karma together. They were all kind of predestined to, to resolve something. Listen on all your favorite streaming apps and continue the conversation on Twitter at CuriousCatPodCA or find Jennifer and all her links at JenniferLHotes, spelled H-O-T-E-S dot com. I'm Amber. And, and we're Witches Talking Tarot. We are the weirdos in the studio. I get so like a Santa Snapple. Flip the switch and let the cauldron bubble. Sam. Wow. Hey everybody, I'm Amber. And I'm Maddie. And we're Witches Talking Tarot. And tonight, we are excited to wing it in and fly to you with an episode that is filled with feathers. But most of them are black feathers. Because we're talking about Corvid Corvus. Specifically, crows, ravens, magpies, jackdaws. All those black birds that make you go, I'm sorry, there was a work thing. Okay. (laughs) Whenever we had this one awful boss... When he'd be coming and we weren't doing what we were supposed to, we would cacaw at each other. So, like, if you were just doing, if you were fucking around and you heard your person down the road go, cacaw, it was like, oh, shit. How but that, inconspicuous. You know, you say that, but I'm like, it's so appropriate from the standpoint of, the behavior of the birds that we're about to talk about. So I think that's fun. So Amber and it goes and I, to something uh, I said to you earlier. Yeah, go ahead. So Amber and I were discussing this earlier over sushi. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. These birds are so fucking smart, you guys. They are so, so smart. smart. I mean, I'm sure everybody knows that, or most people know, crows and magpies and ravens are smart. But do you know just how smart they are? Are you aware that... They can recognize faces and situations, and they, they can. can decide whether they like you or not because of the, them memorizing, like, you or themselves. Well, right. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, because, you know, a lot of wild animals, they might make an association with humans uh-huh. based on an experience, but a crow or a raven or um, one of these uh, corvid corvus, right, because it's, like, whatever, C-C's. and then genus, right? Because, like... Corvids also include, because like I have seen online, the reason I phrased it to you as Corvids in the first place is I've seen online where it's like ravens, crows, blah, 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 blah. They're all Corvids. You call them Corvids, which is accurate. However, like blue jays are also Corvids. 
It's like a big long. Wound. It's a very large, but Corvid Corvus with the U.S. CCVs. Yes, exactly. They. That's all the blackbirds. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like four and twenty blackbirds sitting in a pie. Big uh, ass blackbirds. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they, but they really are. They're so smart. They, they can are. recognize a human face. Not only that, but they're one of the few. Uh, they're one of the few animals that that other than humans that have the ability like Maddie was saying to not just remember like a person's face they can remember and I don't remember the word for this kind of memory dematic dynamic I can't remember it started with a d but it means being able to remember like a what happened where it happened why you're remembering this thing about it and and it's not in relation to like what's currently happening. Well, and didn't you say they're one of the only animals that yes. can do that? They are one of the only animals that aren't humans that can do that. They're also one of the only animals that aren't humans who um, can communicate that information with their language. Right. Yes, I which saw is that. very strange. Like, because bees, they can do their little right. dance, right? And they can say where the last patch of flowers they saw was. But that's the furthest back they can go. Right. Like, that's the most, um, like, removed from the present situation. Well, see, and I had read also that, like, they're one of the only animals that have any form of communication that's more than, like, um, this is where food is. Well, that, that's exactly that, yeah, what I'm like, talking yeah, about. It's the same, is, the same mental process. But, so, yes. like, they can actually talk, like, not Yeah, talk, they can have conversations. They, yes. Like they, they really can. About more than just food yes and more than and just you know what because they can mimic honestly i bet and i didn't think to look into it i wish i had but you know some people keep captive crows and stuff because they're able to mimic vocalizations i bet captive crows can have small conversations oh, and i bet that's where the thing you read well with people uh -huh. i mean with people because they can definitely have conversations with each other but with people, because they're able to mimic vocalizations, uh -huh. they're one of the few animals that can do that in the bird world. Mm -hmm. And they're able to understand, to a degree, human language. Mm -hmm. They're able to mimic us out in the woods. Oh, I'm sure that's why they're captive, so involved with lore. Well, a captive one, I bet, and I wish I'd read on it so you guys educate yourselves, I bet a captive one could communicate to a human in human language because they've copied the vocalizations mm -hmm. and they understand a connotation for what that word is associated with. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if, cause you were saying like, didn't like, did I read that it was like, like a four year old or like a five year old child, uh -huh. like an eight year old. I wonder if that's their capability for the language piece. Oh, uh -huh. I wonder if that's what that is mm -hmm. because like, I didn't read anything like that because you know, just what I was reading didn't compare it to any human age group. But I wonder if, that maybe is where you read that. Mm -hmm. Like, it just popped in my head because, like, if they're able to vocalize, they're able to remember, they're able to communicate, they're able to communicate with people, mm -hmm. people do keep them captive. Uh -huh. It would make sense to me that they could verbally communicate in the same way as, like, a toddler. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I or, like, that, a yeah. young child. Um, speaking of, this is going to be a really sad story for a minute. I don't know if you ever saw the video of the parrot. Parrots are not CCVs, no, but they are one of the few birds that can talk back, right, that yeah. can vocalize. Mm -hmm. This bird watched his owner fucking die, get murdered, 
and it was the key witness. It could mimic every. It mimicked everything that happened to the point, like of the guy getting shot. So like it was like saying ha ha ha, like the person was laughing, and then it was like no, please don't shoot, and. The bird was diagnosed with PTSD, and sometimes, like, the person that took him in said, sometimes it'll just randomly start shouting the the last words of his previous owner. And is that not horrific? That is horrific. That is absolutely horrific. Because I've heard of horses that, like, Mm -hmm. there's a horse that um, this woman actually hated her husband's horse. Mm -hmm. And, like, she... The husband, and she tried to make it look like the horse kicked him to death so what that she could fuck? justify putting the horse the down. The horse was like, hell no! The horse, like, the, they finally figured out that the horse did not kick the man to death, mm-hmm. so they saved it from being slaughtered at a uh-huh. blue factory. What, why would you fucking do that, though? Because the, she hated the horse because oh, of how guess, much her husband yeah. paid attention to the horse and how much he loved it. And I guess, you know, like, some relationships get just so bitter I and mean, toxic that you, you hate the things that yeah. your partner loves because mm-hmm. you hate them so much now or something, or you want mm-hmm. them to hurt that bad. I don't know. But anyway, um, the rescue that took the horse in, anytime like a, a trailer would slam or something oh, yeah. and it sounded like a gunshot because uh-huh. that's how the guy died, mm-hmm. the horse would like have a moment because it oh, had PTSD so as well. And it was the only witness to the murder as well. Except, unfortunately, horses are not like Mr. Ed and they can't really talk oh the, okay <laughs> i was like who the fuck's mr ed oh, oh dr Doolin. okay i understand i know what you're talking about um amber's old but it was, it was sad it was very sad and and you mentioned that they can talk and i really really believe mm-hmm. part of why they're in so much lore and mythology yes. is because i believe there were these ancient people just talking Talk and then a right. random fucking crow like pops up and is like I was going to say squawk, but that's not a crow. That's a, that's a parrot. Yeah, it's like, cacao food. And then they're like, what the fuck? But really, because they make these associations, you know what right. I mean? And like, they um, they can, not only can they recognize human faces, mm-hmm. they can recognize their own reflection. Like, right. you know, sometimes you have like... Um, they're not dumb birds that'll fly into the... The, right. the window. But, like, not just that, but, because, like, the birds that fly into the window, they really can't see. No. And so they just think it's clear space ahead right, of them. They right. don't even see their own reflection. Right. Like the it's not like the birds that are pecking the window, right? Because right. I've had that happen many times. It thinks it's going at another bird. Um, and I've had fish at the same thing, because mm-hmm. I used to love male betas, and I, now I just feel sad for them, but... You know, they'll they'll go up to the side of their aquarium and they'll see their reflection oh, and yeah. they'll puff up and they'll get ready to fight. And I've even had one that like went he oh, was yeah. the most they'll aggressive beta. Yeah. That. He was the most aggressive. If I hadn't figured out a way to like cut down the reflection, that yeah. might have happened yeah. with oh, him. Yeah. I didn't even know. Betas are very like, aggressive fish. Yeah. Yeah. But when when a crow or a raven or a magpie, mm-hmm. when they're checking out their reflection, they don't think it's another bird. They know it's them. They're actually looking like they're preening, and when they're preening, it's not for another bird. They're actually practicing some self-love and some mirror magic. <laughs> no, but they do. Check they recognize themselves. And they it's, do. It's That's crazy. super cool. And they're like, just so smart. They are so smart, and like because they can like they see their reflections. There was the the Greek um, folklore piece that if you put out a bowl of oil, you can catch um, a I think it was specifically a jackdaw because that's what's more common in Greece. Mm-hmm. But it, it is one of the corvid corvus. 
um, and it'll fall into the bowl of oil because it'll be staring at um, the other bird because it's a social creature. And that is what the tail was. But like I told Maddie, like I think now that they thought it was because the birds are social creatures because they are social creatures. Sorry, I'm looking up what this um, type of bird looks like. Keep oh, going. Yeah, I don't know what a jackdaw looks like. I know. I feel like I, I... I liked the Eurasian magpie, which is the smartest. Like the Eurasian magpie oh, is one of the most. It is one of the smartest non-human animals, and it has an encephaloid quotient. Oh my god, I can't remember. I can't believe I remembered that. <laughs> the encephalid, encephaloid quotient, which is like brain to body mass quotient, uh -huh. that is equal to humans, orangutan, or non, not humans, but um, uh, uh, orangutans and gorillas. Um, they're smarter than like whales and dolphins and pigs. Uh -huh. like, they are almost as smart as people. They are the smartest bird, mm -hmm. apparently. Mm -hmm. Like, they're so fucking smart. It's... I, I told my husband, I want a Eurasian magpie because when oh, you I look love at... Oh, They're beautiful. They are, because they're black and white. They've got, like, this white vest on, uh -huh. but otherwise they're black. And when you look at their map across Europe of where they are found, you could overlay my genealogy map, and it's like we're going to be in the same places. <laughs> And I don't know that that matters at all, but I love it because these birds do show up in folklore across the world because they spread out from Asia 10 million years ago mm -hmm. and they moved to North America and Africa. Mm -hmm. And like you said, they're Australia on, on every continent. Except they are on every continent except um, Antarctica. Okay. That, right, I didn't read that. Yes, but yes, they yes. are on every continent except Antarctica, and that's yes. really cool. That is really cool. And one thing that I understand... Look, I told Maddie, I love that we're doing these animal episodes because I'm learning so much more about my natural world in a way that I really enjoy. And I'm really, like, mm -hmm. learning these little things piece by piece, and it makes me look back to other things because I learned this thing about our Great Flood episode that I shared with Maddie. But, like... It's also making me critically think about things, right? And I was like, because I was like 10 million years ago. What else did we recently cover that had something to do with 10 million years ago? Well, I had, my brain did a thing and it was 11,000 years ago with the oryx, you know. But right, my, the cows. You know, yeah. And so like, so I was like looking into like, oh, there's got to be some kind of connection 10 million years ago. And like one thing that I was, I came to realize is I have always thought that the way that birds, for instance, specifically birds, but also anything that's able to move through water, I've always thought that the way that they were able to spread was like, oh, these birds, like a couple of them just flew really, 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 really far, like amazingly far. The Like Pangea, that's right? That's what I always thought too, right. right? Well, just like Pangea used to be all the land together and then uh -huh. separated. Well, like, land's been doing this for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Ten million years ago, a lot of this land was connected or closer together. So when they spread out from where they spread out from, it was easy for them to go everywhere right. because a lot of the places they were at were still connected right. when it they got there. Right, it wasn't that far. Because wasn't Alaska connected to, like, Russia? Or yeah, it was yeah, something one point, like that. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, like, it's just, and maybe other people are out there, like, Duh, Amber. Like, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know what? I didn't know. Okay, and I'm learning, and that excites me. Yeah. I think it's it. 
it's super cool for me to like learn these different connections, right? Because like we talk about how it's in folklore everywhere, right? And so like I know for a fact that there are crows in Norse folklore because uh -huh. of human and Mugen. Right, and they are Odin's they're Odin's crows. They're yes. thought and memory. Thought and memory on the well, other side of the street. Right. And so I'm learning about like I was like just kind of refreshing to see if there was more about them that I wasn't thinking uh -huh. about. And like in this one thing that was mentioned where somebody was talking to Odin about his wolves and it named the wolves and then it named the crows and I or the ravens and I was like, Oh my god. Odin had ravens and Odin had wolves. And in nature, we have found that ravens work, or corvus birds work with both wolves and coyotes for predation purposes. Because these birds are opportunistic eaters. They are uh -huh. omnivorous. They eat carrion. They eat fresh meat. They eat, like, berries, berries. and stuff. Mm -hmm. They eat corn. Um... They fucking but, eat strawberries. Like, right, like, yeah. Like, they eat vegetation. They will eat your shit. Yeah, they will. <laughs> but they eat meat, and they eat carrion meat, and they eat innards. So they have coupled, or through the eons, they, or however long, whatever the right word for time in this case is, they've, they've created a partnership with wolves and coyotes, other dog animals, basically, yes. canine predators. And basically what the... Birds do is they fly around and they either see uh, prey animals or injured prey animals. Uh -huh. And they will call out with a special call to the wolves or coyotes in the area to get the pack that they're working with to know, come come here, kill this animal, and uh -huh. we'll all feast on it together. Mm -hmm. Now, scientists, because they, we've, we've observed this behavior enough, they've actually played the crow's call in areas where the prey animals live. Uh -huh in areas where crows regularly work with uh -huh. the wolves or coyotes and the prey animals in those areas book it. They do. They do I because believe, they know. They know. They that know that it. yeah, they know that ground well, reinforcements are being pulled in. You and, mentioned was that crows will play with baby cubs. They will, they will play with baby deer or, or I'm sorry, not baby deer, what the hell baby Wolves. wolves, yes, or was it baby coyotes? Well, it only mentioned the wolves. wolves. Yeah, they prefer, they prefer wolves, wolves. So it wolves. seems I did not read that they do this with wolf cups, uh -huh. coyote cubs, wolf, wolf cups, wolf cubs. <laughs> I I didn't. I only read wolf cubs. I didn't read coyotes. So uh -huh. I think I said both, uh -huh. but only I only read about wolves. And, so, so I don't know. They'll for sure play the with the wolf cubs. Yeah, and they, like Amber was they'll saying, they'll flick their tail. And like pull at their fur. Yeah, the, and they'll play right. and they'll make relationships with the wolf uh -huh. cubs. And then when the wolf cubs grow up, they remember their little crow friend mm -hmm. and they're kind of imprinted and implanted in their mind. Right. Because I mean, if you think about it, like think of like the mafia world or something, right? You've got this big, powerful friend. You want to make sure it. He can snap on you. You yeah. want to make sure he doesn't. Right. So this is your insurance. So He's known you his whole life. Or she, yeah. you know, this individual's known you their whole life. We played when I was a baby. You were my first babysitter. Right. You know, whatever. Exactly. Like, of course, not only am I going to share with you, but I'm not going to eat you when you take more of your fair share. Because apparently... It's like they really, they really put themselves in the pack. Well, they do. And actually, they uh, studies have shown that they they seem to have, like favored pack members uh -huh. like 
they don't necessarily get along with the whole wolf pack and they don't get along with every pack and not every pack wants to work with the crows because sometimes they eat more than their fair share. Uh-oh. Right? <laughs> like, like there have been studies that have shown that some wolf packs that work with crows, like this is specific to the ones that are in areas where they work together, okay, uh -huh. that some of the wolf packs will intentionally have a larger pack to make sure that their pack gets mm -hmm. more of the food because crows are smarter. Uh -huh. Crows have that ability to forethink, right? Mm -hmm. So crows will eat and then they will also take food for later. Oh, yeah. And the wolves that don't think to do that uh -huh. and or don't have the, yeah, they just don't have they the don't cognition. Have the mental, yeah, the cognitive yeah. capacity. They don't like that because they're just like, dogs do know, like wolves and dogs, like, these these canine animals they do understand the concept of fairness and like equal shares and or the alpha of the pack getting more than an equal share and everybody else getting like their equal mm -hmm. share so of course in the eyes of the wolf i'm sure the crow's share is always the least equal share probably mm -hmm. but either way they don't want them taking more than their fair share so they'll have more wolves just to kind of despite the crows so it's like literally the, the thug, like if you, again, look at Wilderness, like the Mafia, somebody make this movie. Like, Hoodwinked exists. You can right, make this as a movie. Right. Um, the, the wolves are like, we're bigger, we're better, we've got more muscles, so we're gonna, we're gonna own shit. And the crows are like, okay, you, you go right ahead, dummy. You go right ahead. We'll just, we'll, we'll sit up here while you exert all that energy trying to outwit us with your little dog brains. Go right ahead. We'll wait with our store of food. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the thing is, in, um, in lore mythology, crows are often associated with a couple things. One of them is the trickster. That makes a lot of sense because of the story you mm -hmm. just told. Yep. Crows can be tricksters, that's for sure. Yeah. And they're very cunning. They are very cunning because of their intelligence. Like, yes. we observe animals. That's part of what we as humans do. We have to for survival, for one. Uh -huh. But we we saw we saw the way they acted with other animals. Uh -huh. They are cunning. Crows have been seen somewhere in like Japan. Uh-huh. Fishing with crumbs. I totally forgot I'd read that. Oh my gosh, I did not know that. That's crazy. So they're smart. They are they're that. So, smart. so They're so smart. That's why they're associated with cunning and the trickster gods. Right. You know, and but they're also associated with the liminal, the other world, being right. able to move from one world to the other world. And I, that was the first thing I ever learned about blackbirds was like, that's a harbinger of death. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what the word oh, harbinger yeah. was. But that was, like, one of the first, like, non-animal-specific well, things I learned about crows. I think that people associate them with death for a number of reasons. One of them being they are, you know, scavenger-type birds. They will eat. Yeah, they You know, will. they eat what... The, what they can the, find, yeah. Exactly, what the wolves leave, out, leave left over. They absolutely do, yeah. and they're seen as a scavenger, much like vultures. Uh -huh. But they also, they're some of the only birds that sing at both dusk and dawn because most birds are one or the yeah. other yes. but they are active at both transitions from uh -huh. dark to light mm -hmm. which makes them a liminal thing mm -hmm. but also not only are they active at both of the transitions from dark to light 
a lot of the places they can be found to live are now I forgot the name Rapinian. Oh, or something. it's near like water. Um, but yeah, yeah, like there's a specific name for this kind of. Uh -huh. uh, but it's not just near water. It's where land and water come together, like river uh, mm -hmm. river banks and things like that, because there's a hugely diverse population of animals and plants that live there, and because crows are such like wide, they have such a wide variety of things they eat for their diet. Um, that's a great place to find them, but also from a human perspective, you're watching the crow, you see it as they're in a liminal space because ancient humans thought of the places where water and land come together mm -hmm. as liminal spaces, just like, I mean, if you think about it, the underworld. Oh, absolutely. I the mean, land comes to a river that then on the other side of the rivers, underworld. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, that's... That's kind of, I I didn't even bring the underworld piece into that, although I should have because it makes perfect sense. But, like, I enjoy the Native American crow lore of the crow being associated with the corn goddess. Because we always see scarecrows out right, in right. fields of corn. Because they eat the corn. Because they eat the corn. But, like, there was one specific tribe of Native Americans that viewed the, uh, like, they, one, one of their crops of corn was entirely wiped out. And they weren't like, oh, those horrible crows. They were like, oh, we didn't honor the corn goddess enough. Mm -hmm. So we have our crops taken away from us. And I know it's sad because obviously they didn't have their corn crop. Right. But at the same time, like, yes, it's sad. And also, it's beautiful. Like, I thought it was beautiful. They didn't blame the crow for being the crow. They didn't say, you're a bad crow because you ate our crops and we need our crops. They viewed the crow as a harbinger of the goddess. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was, like, high-key beautiful from the standpoint of just... We as people tend to view animals as a nuisance. We tend to view animals as something that we need to control or we need to have power over. And really, in the natural world, these animals are just existing. Like, we are just existing. And, you know, a group of birds comes on a field of corn. What's the natural thing for that group of birds to do? You know what I mean? It's just like... I think that tale, like, for me, that tale was so beautiful. But also, like, even in their association with death, because another thing that I read about, especially with the Celts, the association of the crow or the raven, you know, we're using the word crow pretty much inter interchangeably with blackbird right now, guys. Um, but the, the Celts, like, the inky black feathers were a way to access the underworld. I read. That's very interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, crows are, or blackbirds are mm -hmm. huge in Celtic lore. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of them are related to the Morgan. Check yes. out our next episode. Abs yes. And Rhiannon apparently had three oh, crows. Oh yeah, yeah. She had three crows associated with her. I totally, but that makes the song Rhiannon mean, you know, Bird and a flight. Anyway. I know. I was trying to think <laughs> of lyrics. I, know. I was like, all I could think is like a bird and a flight. Wouldn't you love to love her? But, um, I don't know. I just, I, 
I found it highly interesting how we observe the culture of animals and crows have, or not just crows, but ravens, quote the raven, nevermore. They have so much culture for what we think of as the animal kingdom. Sorry. Oh, you're good. Like, for what we think of from the animal kingdom, like, Crows, ravens, blackbirds, jackdaws, magpies. They have such culture. Because animals have culture that can that varies regionally. Because like mm -hmm. not all crows are near wolves, so they can't all work communally right. with other predators. Not all crows get along with other crows because they live in areas where the resources are so limited right. they can't afford to live with somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's environmental. It is environmental. Mm -hmm. It's regional. Uh-huh. And, and societal. It's societal. And something that doing these episodes of Told Maddie made me understand and learn and realize. We have culture. Animals have culture. Our religious connotations or magical connotations or folklore connotations or mythological connotations for these animals are all based on our own human observation of their behavior in their own personal culture. And their own personal culture that we observe and then record for our own personal cultures, each regional, I have a whole point I'm going for with this, <laughs> it, it affects and builds human culture and this is why some of the societies see crows as trickster gods because they watch the crow take from one to benefit itself not take from one to give to another not benefit, you know what i mean right which again goes very well with their their little you know yeah yes. what you're saying yes and and, and, and it just we think that we have assigned these things to them, right? Like, I think modern era man, at least, thinks, like, man assigned this connotation to these animals. Mm -hmm. And even though we might have, we didn't really assign the connotation. We observed it in relation to either our own world or the natural world or a combination of them both. And then we recorded it in our own lives. And then we told everybody this is what this is associated with. This is what this is associated with. We made stories where the crow plays this part and the bull plays this part and the snake plays this part. And what other animals have we covered? The cow. Well, bull, cow. Oh. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, you're good. I'm just like, I'm. have we done another animal-specific episode? I don't think, so. I think, I don't think yeah. so. I think okay. I don't think so. Okay. So you guys get where I'm going with this, right? Okay. And we think that we made them, but they made us, guys. If you look at it, look, go back, look at your folklore. Look at the stories that you've always read. Look at why you think what you think about the black cat. Why you think what you think about the dog. Why you think what you think about the snake. And it's probably going to go back to stories that you heard. Like, oh, I'm afraid of snakes. Okay, why are you afraid of snakes? I'm afraid think, of sharks. Why are you afraid of sharks? I think I think those are evolutionary traits, though. You know, like well, the what, snake what, is evolutionary, but also like 
we have fed into it uh -huh. with the stories. If the stories weren't there, how many modern people would still be afraid of snakes? And obviously, I think some it's a lizard. It's it's got. Well, you're right. Some of them aren't. But then you've got that lizard brain that's like I spiders, agree. snakes. Po I don't know sharks. I don't know if they fall into that okay. category. But and like, you know, okay. So let's take snakes and spiders off the list. But okay. everything else that you have a mental connotation for, uh -huh. there's a reason for it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those reasons come from not our own personal experiences right. with these wild animals that we rarely ever come in contact with uh -huh. and if zoos didn't exist would we even see in real life you know what yeah, i mean right right so it's it's all based on like these stories we grew up with about them because like mm -hmm. if you think about ancient romans like other than the the ones that got to go to the coliseum and see lions and right. stuff in person most of them only ever read about them or were told about them because they right. probably couldn't read even though they did have the written language at that point. Right, but I get um, you. But yeah, like the point just like most of our experience with these animals is through the stories told about them and the stories told about them are based on our, obs obs our observances of their behavior that we try to interpret into the, the human world. Uh-huh. And by doing so, these animals inherently change us. They do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Like They change us in our way of life. All animals. They really, truly do. Sorry. Like, there's something about these animal episodes that I just love. Like, I may love the animal episodes more than the tree episodes. I'm not really? sure No, yet. I think I do. I think yeah, I do. Like, I really enjoy both of them. Because, like... Here's the other thing, like the, the Celtic and the Norse seem to have very similar, like their, their folklore seems to be a little bit more similar to the, that of the Greeks or the uh, Native Americans. Um, the Slavs, it, I, I didn't have time to get too deep into it other than Perun is associated with both an eagle and um, a crow sometimes or a raven. Uh, and so I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh -huh. So it's almost like the two different aspects of Perun, you know, because he's, they, I'm sorry, but I don't see much in common between an eagle and a crow, personally. Right, right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I expected to see that Veles was associated with the crow, but because he's not a sky god, he's not. Huh. You know what That's I mean? That's interesting. Yeah, I know. It was very, so like I didn't get too in depth on anything from the Slavic um, aspect, but you know, the I was I was kind of surprised that the Hellenics um, they pretty much I only saw the uh, the the association with them with like tricksteriness in the uh -huh. Hellenic stuff, except for one thing that I read where it said um, in folklore it said the crow could not eat seeds of the pomegranate or it would be stuck. In the underworld, so it had an association with Persephone through oh, that, obviously, like that. awesome. which also kind of brings in that whole liminal because she is uh -huh. able to move back and forth between the worlds, right. and so like the crows, like they are able to move back and forth between the worlds, but if they eat the pomegranate seeds, they'll be tied to the underworld, which makes me think that that tale kind of has maybe an older tale where uh -huh. the crows come from the underworld huh, that's because like Persephone eats the seeds. So she has to come back to the underworld for that amount of time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, but the crows just, they can't, according to this legend, 
they can't eat the seeds or they get stuck in the underworld. So does that mean they're from there in the first place? I don't know. That's very interesting. That is very interesting. I don't know. Like, what do you guys think? Okay. Has anybody ever been told that a crow is a harbinger of death? Who loves Edgar Allan Poe? <laughs> I like, like, couldn't get through a crow episode without men mentioning, or couldn't get through the Blackbirds episode without mentioning the Blackbirds baked into a pie and quote the raven nevermore. I can't think of any other. Oh, Jeremy the Crow. Jeremy. Oh, God. What's that from? The Secret News. Oh, shit. I love him. He I likes the sparkly. So he is so silly. He loves the sparkly. I made myself sad. <laughs> like, I, I think you have the secret of Nim and I get sad. Yeah, the secrets of Nim is really fucked up. It's, really it's actually sad. really fucked up. Mrs. Brisby? Oh my gosh. I need to watch that movie. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, birds play a really big role in that movie. Mm -hmm. Wow. They do. Birds wow. are nice. They do. Well, and it's really funny because natural. Enemies working together, together. for yes. the greater good. I love that. Because that's what the crows are all about. I think that's a great place to end. What I do, do too. I do too. Thank you guys for uh, listening and sitting with us for a spell. You can catch us on Facebook at Witches Talking Tarot. We're also on Instagram at Witches Talking Tarot and Threads at Witches Talking Tarot. And, um, we are also on patreon.com forward slash witches talking tarot. So thank you to Pam, Melissa, Death by DVD, and Victoria. We appreciate you guys. If you want a spiffy shout out like they got, then you can aforementioned link and uh, hit us up and uh, we'll be happy to provide you with some early ad free extra content, some stickers, <laughs> uh, depending on, you know, like. There's different stuff at every level, so you're just going to have to go look and see and then support your favorite witches. And if you're still on the X, we're there at Classiest Witches because we're the classiest witches you know. So thanks for coming to sit with us, spell. is on the air. Do you love old-time radio? Yes! You know absolutely nothing about old-time radio. Also yes! Then Madison on the Air is for you. Follow Madison, a modern-day makeup influencer, as she zapped back into the golden age of radio. Every episode is standalone with a wide variety of genres to choose from, like Detective Noir. You put the dick in private dick. Superheroes. So I am in the body of the Green Hornet. Westerns. Saloon fight. Now this is a Western. Sci-fi. Dude, the Martian's got a freaking heat ray. Plus classic characters. Toto. Oh, I gotta get that dog into an obedience class. Really digging Dracula's OG goth style. <gasps> what if I killed freaking Sherlock Holmes? And many more. Actual old-time radio scripts adapted. It's like if the MST3K Riff Tracks guys were in the movies they riff. Start at the beginning or jump around to any title that grabs you. New episodes premiere the first of every month. Find us wherever you get your podcasts.